Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 427 from May 19th, 1997, a Monday night show, with guests Nick Broomfield and Mistress Catherine. This is the episode as referenced by Adam during Classic Loveline 435 with David Spade and Brittany Powell. This is the only known appearance for both guests, although Nick may have another appearance, but it's unlikely. Nick Broomfield, who's been a filmmaker since the 1970s, is guesting with Mistress Catherine to promote their project Fetishes, a 1996 documentary. They do touch on the Loveline movie, as again referenced in episode 435. Oddly, they don't go that heavy into it or talk about it being a documentary, which would actually be perfect subject matter if someone ever made one. Hmm. This is another Lost Kevin tape. It has not been heard in 17 years. Just another classic episode, brand new to the archive. And you're hearing it first. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. And if you just can't get enough of these classic Loveline memories, make sure to check out the Current Day Loveline podcast, specifically the episode from November 10th, 2014 with David Arquette, where they actually play a flashback clip to his 1999 cameo during the episode with the cast of Being John Malkovich. A very fun moment on a really strong episode of Current Day Loveline. Check it out. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Corolla. All right, phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Corolla. That is uh, the good doctor, Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. And uh, tonight our guest is uh, Nick Broomfield. He is a uh, guy from England. He's uh, very prolific in um, the documentary world. Has done... Oh, just off the top of my head, uh, looking at his resume, looks like uh, maybe 30, possibly more uh, uh, documentaries, including the uh, Heidi Fleiss, Hollywood Madam documentary, as well as uh, some features uh, like uh, Dark Obsession with um, uh, Amanda Donahoe and uh, uh, Gabriel Byrne, I think was in that. I remember that, uh, late 80s. Anyway, uh, they will be in here. I say they because uh, Mistress uh, Catherine will be in here as well. She was uh, in the video that I saw. It's a uh, fetish video that uh, Nick is uh, currently pimping, and he's going to be in here uh, talking about that with Catherine, and we'll get to the bottom of this whole fetish thing because uh, nobody knows less about it than Drew and myself, uh, really, although the beauty of me is I think I know more about stuff than even uh, our expert guests will. All things. As I will challenge them to anything. That pertains to all things. Uh, uh, dig up Carl Sagan. Uh, bring him in here. I will argue with him about uh, the universe yeah. and the creation of it, yeah. even though uh, I know nothing. Yeah. All Philosopher right. Warrior. Thank you very much for that title. Yes, and I will be called the Philosopher Warrior tonight if I do, uh, only by Catherine, who I'll call Mistress uh, Catherine. Anyway. Uh, so we'll get to the fetish thing tonight and see if we can't uh, get a little insight on this because it is something that has come up from time to time and we don't have any good answers. Now, are we going to talk about fetishes or S&M or both? Well, S&M as it, as it is a fetish and then uh, I'm, I'm guessing S&M is a fetish yeah, and, and there's many, well, fetishes uh, take on many forms. Right. Uh, foot fetishes, leg fetishes. I have a gas fetish. People laugh at that, but I was watching this video. And I was thinking to myself, uh, nothing in the video turned me on at all. Uh, I am not into any of that. Not even close. 
Uh, but, the but, de- but, but were there to be some lower GI gas, that would somehow entice you? I, if there was some breaking of the wind, uh, that, would, uh, that would entice me. Uh, not sexually, but it's still, it's, uh, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. It capture your interest. That and large breasts. Yeah. Uh, but we I'm all, not we into all the, know that that's your thing. Right. I'm not into the uh, S&M. If I want abuse, I'll go to my grandmom's house. That is uh, basically my approach uh, to life. All right. Uh, I did not go to the dentist today, although I tried. Why? Uh, my dad would have many answers as to why I did not go there. Uh, as God is my witness, I tried. I could not find the place. Uh, bad address, a little mix-up. I, I will reschedule. I'm, I'm actually going for something next week myself. Oh, really? Yeah. New inlay. An inlay. Inlay, yes. <laughs> Everyone says to me, Adam, uh, you drink all that coffee. Uh, you're on TV. You should get your teeth cleaned. I go, uh, I don't care. Uh, nobody cares less about their personal appearance than me. Uh, the dentist actually called me looking oh, for Oh, really? Oh. I got a message from the dentist. Wow, funny. we're looking for Adam Carolla. He wasn't he mad, was he? He showed up for his appointment yet. Right. And, and I'm I, like, and that wimp. Let me just add to that. that several people have called me about your appearance. What appearance? Yours. Oh, <laughs> you mean my physical appearance? Yeah. Oh, when you're as good looking as I am, Drew, you can let yourself go. Because I'm like a nine and a half, and I just let myself slide around the four and a half range. You're fat. Thank you, Drew. All right, so uh, before uh, we'll take some calls, we'll bring in uh, Nick and uh, Mistress Catherine and talk about fetishes. Uh, But before we get to that, I just wanted to uh, continue a conversation we're having off there about you giving the uh, commencement address uh, at the uh, school that you uh, did once attend, your right. alma mater, right. your high school. Right. Now, now, for, now Jordan's all lined up at that same school. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the smart one. Now, uh, he's going to end up making less than uh, Paulina and Douglas, I'm telling you. But here's the deal. Drew went to this school. It's a very elite school. It's a prep school. For those uh, right. uh, of you who aren't aware of what a prep school is, it uh, prepares you. I'm guessing that's uh, what prep is short for. Yeah. Uh, for college. College prep. Uh, Drew uh, went to the uh, Little Lord Fauntleroy uh, School for Albino Hemophiliacs. Isn't that true, Drew? Is that the name of the school? Amherst. Amherst. Oh, just listen to it. I went to one of those schools where it just, uh, hey, it's in North Hollywood. Uh, we'll call it North Hollywood High. We got a lot of a-holes and morons. We don't need a confusion. No, this is my college. College, Amherst College. Oh, you went to Amherst College. Yeah. But what was the name of the... Uh, Polytechnic. Polytechnic. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't sound like much. No. The point is, is they've asked, uh, they asked you, Drew, to give the, uh, yeah. the yes. graduating no, speech? No, I, I went there and volunteered. <laughs> no, they asked me. It. They did. Yeah. As they won, uh, each year, if you go to somewhere decent, they'll ask uh, a notable... Uh, hopefully someone who's graduated from uh, their school, right. to come back and address uh, the students who are now moving on. Right. And uh, here's my advice for you, Drew. Don't outdo you. Don't, don't put too much time into Just it. Just relax. Every one of these kids is going to college, are they not? Correct. All right. Uh, get your, uh, get your uh, beer stein uh, ready. Uh, you know, uh, pack a fresh pair of underwear and uh, head off. You, uh, these kids need talking to four years from now, not now. They're going to they're gonna smoke pot and drink beer the entire summer, and then they're going off to Berkeley. Right. Well, what do they need you to tell them? Right, that's right. They uh, put on a sunscreen. Uh, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm supposed to make the day memorable, though. You know, leave, leave, at least for the parents. Give them something to think about. I'll open with some uh, shtick. I'll see if I can... Uh, uh, you write it for me, okay? Well, no, you show me what you have, and then I'll punch it up. All right. That's a deal. <laughs> all right, we'll see if you can... Uh, see if you can... you got to sell it, though, Drew. I will. Uh, trust me. All right. Uh... Christina, 28. Christina? Hmm. Christina. What do you think that is, Drew? 
Are the phones okay? Uh, try to, try to lock I never have that. Uh, Danita. Hello? Hey, you're 21. You're on Love Line. Hi. Um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. Um, when I was 18 years old, I was I had Cushing syndrome. Mm-hmm. From? I had my pituitary gland removed. Mm-hmm. And um, everything was fine. I was on steroids and everything. And then last year, I had a dermoid cyst in my right ovary. Mm-hmm. Had that removed. And now my estrogen level is hanging really, really low. Hmm. And I was wondering what I could do to get my estrogen level up so I could get pregnant. Are you menstruating normally? No. I haven't menstruated in five months. So are they suspicious that your pituitary is turning off? Is that where they think the problem is? Uh, my pituitary level, it's fine. It's the estrogen level they're worried about. Hey, do you have to menstruate to have kids, Drew? Not necessarily. Oh, you, I mean, you have to be able to. You have uh-huh. to have a uterine lining that responds to estrogen. But the Wait, problem she... is their ovaries aren't producing e- producing estrogen. Do they think the dermoid had something to do with that? I don't um, see they how. They told me that the left one had been taken over for a while, and I'm just worried that I'm going to be all screwed up because my estrogen level's not up. Well, look, you're, you're, you're very young, and the estrogen deficiency is something that we worry about more in older women. Over years and years of exposure to low estrogen levels, it can lead to softening of the bones. It can lead to hardening of the arteries. I hear women need twice as much estrogen as men. Is that true, Drew? Yes, at least. Oh, really? And uh, the, f- the fact is, I-, I can't imagine that that's necessary. I mean, th- the more serious issues are what is wrong with your ovarian function and why aren't the follicles maturing and why aren't you forming, you know, why, aren't you, why isn't the ovary responding? And that has much more to do with your fertility than whether or not you actually have normal levels of, of uh, circulating estrogen. Uh, are you trying to have kids now? Yes, I'm married. Oh, you are? Yeah. Well, this is uh, God sending you a clear, uh, undeniable message. What are, what are they having you do now? Um, they have me take birth control pills for the estrogen. Oh, why? So, wait, but if they know you want to get pregnant, why don't they start working on that? Um, they just told me take that for a while so that estrogen levels will go up. Yeah, but that will not. That turns your ovaries off. That won't turn them back yeah, on. Yeah, that's anymore. what. I'm guessing your dad got to the doctors. So, is it, did they remove a whole ovary when they took out the dermoid? Yeah, they took the whole thing. Okay, yeah. so it's just they they removed the ovary that had taken over and left the atrophic ovary behind, and that one hasn't turned back on yet, right? Well, right, and okay. then they found out that my left ovary, I have a 15 percent chance that that one could flare up with another dermoid. Right. Yeah, sure. So I'm trying to get pregnant real quick. So. I don't see how this has anything to do with your Cushing's, interestingly. Uh, well, ver- you're, you're sort of got hit by lightning twice. Yeah, I had an over... I stopped menstruating when I had the Cushing. Sure, sure. But that, that's, due to, that's due to your adrenal glands. Becoming All right, terrible. okay. All right, we're losing Adam. Listen, I'm, I'm losing estrogen um, now. <laughs> uh, You've got to go back and talk to your doctors more about fertility issues and less about what your hormonal status should be, okay? Okay. And uh, I, I suspect they will take you off everything and start doing, give you some hormones potentially that might stimulate ovarian estrogen production, ovarian cyst form, uh, 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 follicle maturation. All right. Uh, now... Uh, it's enlightening to the uh, three gynecologists we have All listening right. to the show across the country. Um, I know that uh, they say that the uh, left side of your brain uh, controls the right side of your body. Yes. Uh, is it uh, also true uh, that the left ovary would c- control the right side of the vagina? No. 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 Okay. No, if you have just the right ovary, you can control the whole thing. Really? One can do the steering uh, just for like the with entire the t- just uh, like vulva? With, just like with the testes. Yeah, I, I think I need more than one testy. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of it. You don't think I could get by with one, do you? No. No, thank you. Steve, 18. 
Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, problem is, I gotta, like, she's not really my girlfriend. I've been seeing this girl. She's 23. Yeah. I'm 18. Went out a couple times. Went out, I took her to dinner and the movies. And, um, we had sex once, so far. And she straight out told me that all she wanted was sex for me. I don't know if I should go along for the ride, because I kind of want something more than that. Did she charge you? <laughs> no, she hasn't charged no. me yet. All right. Maybe you're running uh, some sort of uh, penis tab. <laughs> How old is she? She's 23. And what's going on with her? Why, why is it... Uh... I don't know. It's like um, my one of my friends introduced me to her, and uh, we talked a little bit. She may feel a little embarrassed uh, to uh, be going out with a 18-year-old. Yeah, that, that could be it, too. On the other hand, she has desires. Is she a, a divorcee? No. She's yeah. never been married. Is she fresh out of a relationship? I don't think so. Yeah, we, 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 need more to, we need to know more about her. Some, she, something uh, is up with her. Either it's something circumstantial or something more substantial. All right, but here's what happens to a lot of people, m men and women. Yeah. They get involved with somebody who they sort of don't see any future for. Uh, the people do this. Uh, sometimes, I mean, there's a big difference between a 23-year-old woman and an 18-year-old man. Yeah. Uh, not, not such a big difference between a 23-year-old man and an 18-year-old woman. Yeah. But in uh, this society, you know, you're a senior in high school or uh, you just got out of high school or whatever. Uh, meanwhile, she's, she has to go to work and uh, face these uh, e evil bitches uh, in the secretary pool that are giving her a bunch of crap. Uh, how's Junior doing? Uh, did he lose his retainers? He, uh, I, uh, Mr. Wilson called, uh, says he shot his slingshot through his uh, garage window and he's PO'd. So what she'll do is she'll say, uh, look, it's nothing serious. It's just for this. Now, uh, love will conquer uh, if it was meant to. If she likes you, if you don't uh, turn out to be uh, as immature as she probably thinks you're going to be, then you guys will get together. But she may just be doing this as an initially because you don't look good on paper. Exactly. And, and, and people do this to rationalize. Or, or there's some other consequence in her life recently that's causing her to keep relationships at an arm's distance. Or this is how she conducts herself in relationships in general because of some more substantial problem with her interpersonal problems. All right, so uh, either way, uh, a relationship is like, um, you know, it's like you're walking through the uh, Serengeti and you don't have a rifle. You can't afford uh, to just... <laughs> what I mean, it's like, it's like you're out on safari. Yeah. You've got to keep your eyes open. You've got to look around. doesn't mean sit where you are. Yeah. It doesn't mean, uh, uh, you know, if you sit where you are, you probably get eaten by a lion or something. You move forward, but you proceed with caution. And if something doesn't look right, you, you, you uh, steer your direction off the other way. Uh, I don't know. In the meantime, you ask your prey over to be shot. No, what, uh, what I'm saying is, is if people want to know, look, uh, what should I do? Should I get in or should I get out of this relationship? Uh, should I stop it? I'm saying uh, you need to use your discretion. That is a very important thing for people to have. You should be uh, the sole provider of that. Nobody should know better whether you should proceed or not. And uh, we're flattered that you ask us, but seriously, we're not going to be around for you. You're not going to be able to get through all the time, and uh, certainly weekends are out. So the point is, is, you know, put your antenna up, open your eyes a little, and proceed. But proceed with caution. I don't know what the hell that meant, Drew. Wait, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. Hey, Drew, look, I got two hours to kill, and I'm sitting here uh, next to uh, Dr. Lump. Marcella.
Hello. Fifteen. Remember, I'm Dr. Love, remember? Hi. I mean, Dr. Hi. Love, yes. I'm still a virgin. I've had anal sex, but right. I'm still a virgin. I've not had sex right. yet. Right. That's become oh, quite cathartic on. for you tonight. No, please. I just, I, I, that, I'm still reeling from the stuff we discussed last night with the uh, E.T. Uh, uh, what? Oh, uh, did you, Drew? Don't get me to bring up. Uh, we, we're on entertainment tonight. At some point, uh, if anybody, um, if they don't cut it all up to nothing, Drew's very PO'd about it. He feels as if he was uh, raped. Uh, I feel uh, not as though I was raped, but it uh, felt up. <laughs> and uh, Drew, let's just make a solemn promise not to do any more junk. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right, unless there's money. Marcella? No more junk. All right. All right. I am writing an Inferno paper. It's Dante's Inferno. Mine is on sex, and it's the sins of sex, and I do not have a saint. You're my guide, Adam. Oh, really? Dr. Drew, you're my heavenly messenger, and um, I need a saint. I need the worst possible person that has committed every single sexual sin that there is. I'll go you with... Uh, uh, I would go with either uh, the Marquis de Sade or uh, Charlie Sheen. Oh, that's a good one. I like that I one. Think, uh, I'd go with Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, write that down. I, I think it. he's uh, covered her, most bases. Give her a couple more ideas. Because it has to have, it has two to have, good ones. It has to have an evil quality to it. An, yeah, an exactly. abusive, uh, you know... <laughs> 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 if you dated Charlie Sheen? Come on. Um, Lorenzo Lamas, uh, perhaps? He's uh, been in and out of many relationships. These people are not, not uh, intend to be uh, evil. Joey Buttafuoco. Actually, that's one of my friends suggested that, and we're thinking about using that, except I put that down for um, adultery. Uh-huh. Uh, how many do you have to cover here? Well, I have my own um, sins. I have faking orgasms, perverts, adultery, pimps and prostitutes, incest, um, pedophilia, bestiality, rape, and people who don't use protection. There's a joke in here where she says rape twice, and then I say, uh, you said rape twice, and she says, I like rape. It's, it's a <laughs> You didn't see Blazing Saddles? Yes. All right. You don't remember anything. I don't remember though. that. All right. Uh, listen. Uh, you know, I, I was just saying, it could never happen in today's uh, society. But there's a scene. Uh, hold on a second, Marcel. I want to talk about Blazing Saddles for a second. There's a <laughs> scene where uh, the guy is interviewing thugs to go take over the town. Right. And he says, uh, what are your qualifications? Right. And the guy goes, uh, rape, arson, murder, treasony, okay. rape. Uh, you said rape twice. I like rape. Okay. Could you, could you do that in a movie these days? This is when Mel Brooks was uh, funny. Uh, yes, before his brain was stolen, which I'm still convinced of. Uh, that should be uh, uh, Nick Broomfield's uh, next documentary. Who stole <laughs> Mel Brooks's brain? All right, uh, uh, Marcella, yes. I'm guessing you go to one of these uh, free-range schools, right? No, actually, I just have a really cool teacher, and he said if you can let your parents read it, then my parents don't care. You don't uh, go to a hippie school? No, not really. What do you mean, not really? Is no. it the school in it's the not, back of the school? It's not a hippie school at all. It's actually quite conservative. Uh, is there a football team? Yeah, there's a football Oh, there is? Team. We it, went to the States this year. Is it a public school? Yeah. It's Roosevelt High School. Oh, okay. It's in uh, D.C. area. Okay. All right. Uh, so have we gotten to the bottom of this or not? Well, I guess I'll use No, we haven't given it a really good one. Because I, I really think in terms of sort of more like criminal. Didn't... Uh, yeah. Who was the, that mass murderer that was out here? The guy with the thing on his palm. Char Charlie Manson? No, no, no. no. Charlie Sheen. No. I, I don't know. Uh Oh, with the thing on his palm? Oh, oh, the hillside Richard yeah, Ramirez. Ramirez. Didn't he do weird stuff to sexually to these people afterwards? Uh, I don't or, think or so. Here, or here, here's the guy. Is uh, Dahmer. 
Jeffrey Dahmer? Yes. Yeah. That is so good. There's the guy. Oh, please. I gave you eight uh, <laughs> ringers. Uh, Drew uh, coughs Dahmer up, and all of a sudden he's a genius. And he gets paid the same amount. Oh, recalculus. <laughs> It's really an outrage. But it's, 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 it's an interesting... Marcel, I, I, would, I would explore the... Oh, this is great. This yeah. is nice. Uh, Westwood none. <laughs> I would explore people's behavior which grows out of um, having been abused or disturbed or biologically impaired versus truly evil. Because I think those are distinctly different things. I think there is evil in the world. And they may... It's not always... Uh, see, typically the people that... Act out uh, violently because they were abused, or, or, or just acting out, and uh, they do it for a little burst. Right. And some people were victims, and then they go on to collect victimize. victims yeah. or to victimize. And, and they aren't always evil. They they just are. In, they they have that quality, but it there's can be worse. Let's right. Put it that way. You're defending Dahmer then. No. Okay. Sharon, nineteen. Hi. Hi. Um, this question's for Doctor Drew. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, when um my boyfriend and I have been together for um three years almost, and um a year ago. He told me that he had um, sexually abused his sister when he was 12 years old. And um, I didn't break up with him because I really love him, and he um, had help right off the bat. His sister told on him eventually, and um, he had to go to a psychiatrist, and the family all had counseling and everything. But the thing is, he didn't tell me for two years, uh -huh. and... I, you know, fell in love with him, and he's just the most perfect guy. And when he told me, it completely, you know, blew me away. And Why did he I, tell you? When did he tell me? Why? Why? I think it was because our relationship was reaching a level where we were talking about marriage and, um... Are you concerned he might do something to your kids? Well, that's one of the things I worry about, and I bring it up to him, and, you know, he says, you know, there's no way he... Because he said he just had a lot of problems then, and he thinks partly it was him taking aggression out. And because he had told me before that what he actually had done was beat up his sister because he was trying to tell me, but he didn't know how. Mm. And one time, one night we were just sitting out. It was last summer. It's been like almost a year since he told me. And, um, and it just it bugs me a lot of the time sure, where sure. I get really angry at him. And it's like we can be really, really happy still. And I just sometimes it'll just something, will, you know, anything about incest or anything. All right, all right, all right. I know it's weird, and everything uh, then comes up has an incest theme to it. Uh, you know, exactly. oh, it's a movie of the week. Uh, it's an incest story. Yep. Uh, hey, you go to uh, uh, Jack in the Box. Uh, we're having a uh, uh, the incest special. It's uh, large fries and uh, yes, I. I know how this stuff uh, can haunt you. Uh, I wouldn't worry about this guy. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Hold on a second, Drew. Oh, please. Hold on. How old was he when he did this? 12? 12. How old was the sister? How old was the sister? Um, she was, um, I think, nine. Oh. And Drew, uh, uh, what answer is not going to get a grunt out of you? Eight, 17, 35? 17 or something. Oh, well, you can't do that crap when you're 12 and uh, your uh, sister's uh, 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 please. And what, what were all those heavy things that were happening to him that he caused him to do this? Um, he had no friends. He um, he just, he w he was like an outcast. He, he had classes and just, he, he had no friends, basically. Uh, something else looking, happened to him. Something yes. else happened to him. Yes. Well, he just, I don't know, he just, he didn't, he didn't fit in his parents. Find out what else happened to him. Well, and then it'd be do marijuana, I know that, and they still do it, and that really, like, screwed him up, and he was into drugs. Uh, all right, Sharon. Warmer. Sharon. Yes. Uh, we have to go to break. Okay. Uh, 
It's an interesting uh, predicament you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would argue the fact that uh, I don't know how deep uh, he was in, and I don't know what he did to his sister and what the extent of it was. But he got counseling, and he loves you, and he was up front with you. It was a retro up front, mm-hmm. but it's a very difficult thing to talk about, and he loved yeah. you, and he was scared he was going to lose you. Mm-hmm. It's out in the open now, so if you have feelings about it, you can talk to him about it. It's not like you have feelings, but you can't bring it up. Talk to him about it. Let him uh, make you comfortable uh, that he can be a good dad or a good husband or whatever it is. And don't do anything until you feel that comfort level. Right, Drew? Be, be, uh, all right. Be all very right. careful. I, I, I swear to God, I'm, we're going to do a show in the goddamn parking lot. This place is such a dump. What is this? He's leaning on his microphone, Kate. No, no, I wasn't. He wasn't touching anything. Oh, this! I, is, I swear. To I touched it to get it go going again. Hold on, and let me say this: uh, Does anyone from Westwood One ever listen to me uh, about uh, what a dump this place is? And do they not have a shred of dignity or pride? Did, did, are they are they aware uh, that I rant about what a pit their establishment is, and that they can't? Uh, that there's such penny pinchers that they can't even uh, scrape together uh, 15 bucks to get a new mic cable or a goddamn chair in this place? I, uh, it's such a dump. Oh, I had dreams of doing radio when I was a child. Uh, but lo and behold, I'd be in a, a closet like Anne Frank, uh, talking into a, 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 a soup can with a string on it. Man, is this place a dump. Please, uh, whoever owns Westwood One, if you have an ounce of dignity, put, put five bucks into this dump. Please, I, I beg you. Thank you. All right, uh, Mistress Catherine and uh, Nick Broomfield will be in next. All of my most sensitive areas. So, once again, you're struggling with what to get that gamer slash geek in your life. You know, the one surgically attached to the screen, speaking a language that you can barely understand. Well, here's the answer. Loot Crate. That's right, Loot Crate. It costs less than 20 bucks a month, and you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items that are targeted right at your gamer geek. This month's Loot Crate is a head-to-head, rough-and-tumble battle for your senses. As Loot Crate celebrates fighting heroes, battling rogues, 8-bit brawlers, and other factions that you love from some of your geek and gaming favorites, including exclusive collectibles from Mega Man and Assassin's Creed. They've also got Halo, Street Fighter, and more surprises. Plus, when you sign up, you get the chance to get exclusive t-shirts you won't find anywhere else. You do not want to miss out on this in November. Well, maybe you do, but your gamer will not. You've got till 9 p.m. Pacific on the 19th to subscribe and get this month's crate. If you wait till the 20th, it's over, you miss out, and everybody's sad. So make sure you get to LootCrate.com podcast. And then when you get there, enter code PODCAST and save 10% on all new subscriptions. That's LootCrate.com slash podcast. The solution to your holiday gift problems for every gamer, geek, and pop culture enthusiast on the planet. Go there. They'll make you look cool for less than 20 bucks a month. You're not going to find that deal anywhere else. The all-new Rich Eisen Show. What is it? What is it? Who better to tell you than Rich Eisen? This is what we're going to have on the show. Just talking football along with music and movies and television shows. Interesting things of our pop culture landscape, of which the NFL is part. And that's all you really want at the end of the day. The Rich Rich Eisen Eisen Show. Hold on a minute. This is probably my... uh, therapist go to podcast one slash rich eisen to hear every show
fabulous uh, Los Angeles Westwood One Studios, the uh, the garden spot of all uh, 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 the other studios turn green with envy when they see this dump. All right, uh, I'm Adam Carroll. That is Dr. Drew. Phone number one eight hundred L O V E one nine one. Fax number three one zero eight five four forty four fifty five. Mistress Catherine, do you want to be called Mistress Catherine, or we can call you uh, Catherine? Well, if you don't say Mistress sarcastically, I can handle a Mistress Catherine. Well, uh, but can I just call you Catherine? Catherine, fine. fine. Okay, yeah. um, Kathy. No. 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 Okay, Cat. No, but you can go. F- my real name's Medina, so you can go by that. Oh, really? Yeah. You so you change your name from Medina to get into uh, the bondage scene? Yeah. Well, there's another mistress that had a similar name. So oh, okay. I, I change it to another one. It's like if your name was Bambi, uh, but you wanted to get in a stripping suit, so change it to Geraldine. <laughs> Gertrude. Gertrude. <laughs> just, <laughs> Yolanda. It just doesn't make sense. All right. Uh, Nick Broomfield. Uh, is it uh, Broomfield? Broomfield. What? Like, like a sweeping broom? Right, broom. With field? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's easy. Two words. That's how everyone's name should be. Uh, Drew's would be like a hole. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the uh, courtesy laugh there. Now, Nick uh, was here last uh, with Heidi Fleiss. Uh, we, yeah. I heard, uh, but you didn't come on the air. No, I think you were so enthralled with Heidi that I just watched, and I tried to get on, but you didn't seem to be very interested. That was, uh, well, you know, she, she's handball. a marquee name, and uh, we didn't know what a big star <laughs> you were back then. Uh, blame the producer. Uh, that, was a, that was a marquee show because uh, their whole like lawsuit uh, came after that. I don't know if we were allowed to talk about it or not, but there was uh, some trouble with the LAPD after uh, Heidi got on here and uh, started on her tirade about the LAPD and then uh, in in turn coaxed uh, a tirade out of me. And here's the beauty of me. I will whip up a tirade even if uh, I don't have to know anything about the subject. I don't have to be sympathetic about the subject. I will whip up a tirade. So, uh, well, that's what Mistress Catherine's good at doing, too. She certainly is. Now, I saw her on the video, the uh, fetish video, that, uh, or documentary, that you just completed. Yeah. Yeah, we finished. Actually, we finished about uh, Two years six ago. months ago. <laughs> oh, really? And it was shot... Uh, you might have had a bad experience, yeah. It was shot entirely <laughs> in New York <laughs> at, at, at one of the poshest uh, clubs right. there. At Pandora's Box, yeah. We were there filming for about two months or so. And uh, Catherine works there, right? Does, do no, you still work I don't, there? I don't work there anymore. I started my own club. Oh, you did mm-hmm. in LA, or yeah, it's called the Velvet Underground and it's in Los Angeles. And uh, you want to get a plug out for that? I, I don't care. That's enough. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need that. It's not, oh, you don't? No, I mean, it's not that's Hang not why it. I came here. I came here because I enjoyed the film and I appreciate what Nick did for the scene because it was the first show that was done that wasn't done intelligently, that wasn't done as like this takeoff of this crap of what the scene is like, where they, it's like a hard copy expose. And he did right. something that was really classy and very nice and beautiful. Yeah, he uh, he got in there and, uh, and, well, first off, it was a great facility, mm-hmm. this uh, Pandora's box. It's yeah, up it in, uh, in Manhattan, uh, up on a high-rise uh, building, and uh, Drew, they had the place uh, decked out. I mean, uh, I don't know how much they spent, but I mean they have they had the medical room. Oh, you'd love that, Drew. It's uh, <laughs> it's like they got a gurney and a medicine cabinet, and a, you know, of course, <laughs> there's a couple of prods and a whip and stuff in there too. But it's it's the medical room. It's like the clean room, the chrome room, the white room, and then there's the uh, sort of medieval like French uh, dungeon. 
with the uh, you know the cage and the uh, stocks and and the whole nine yards and and but it's all done. Uh, I mean, uh, not a penny spared in terms of authenticity. Huh. It's uh, it's really like Epcot Center. <laughs> it's it's Epcot Center for uh, rich uh, chubby guys who look bad in their underwear. Why is it all the victims look bad in their underwear? Is that is that a prerequisite? Well, I think that some of the people who spend the time in the scene, they don't have time to exercise because they're, uh, they're thinking about other things. And, uh -huh. you know. That was really my only objection is how bad most of these guys look in their underwear when they're getting the beating. Not all of them were in their underwear, though. Oh, yeah, some were naked. And how did you get their clearance, uh, or how did you get them to agree to that? Well, we generally got their clearance with their clothes on. And we, then... we beat it out of them. <laughs> That's true, actually. Well, Is I mean, some of these guys, uh, <laughs> you're naked, uh, you got uh, a, a leather hood on, uh, you're being uh, steered around by a dominatrix, and there you are for, uh, you know, a, a potential employer or family member uh, to well, see. Actually, I thought it was going to be really hard, but I think for some of the people... Who, who came there, it was like almost the most important thing in their lives. So it was like the fact that they, they almost relished the opportunity to be able to talk about it. I mean, they didn't want to be, you know, they didn't want people to know who they were, but they were very happy, in fact, delighted to talk about how important it was to them or where a particular fantasy had come from. Right. There's a desperation to have that be accepted and not mm -hmm. to be shunned for what they're into. So for anybody to have the outlet to, to talk about it and to have that be accepted, then they're going to work hard on that. Is there any through line? Because uh, that's what we do here on this show. Drew and I uh, rack our brains trying to come up with uh, rhymes, reasons, and uh, putting together. We're like the FBI, uh, how they put together profiles uh, on serial killers or... Um, or um, uh, pedophiles or whatever it is. We try to put together profiles on people and what is it? I mean, what is the typical client who comes in there and uh, wants an hour worth of uh, dominating? Well, when I've done my polls, when I talk to people and see what they do for a living, um, the most prevalent, uh, the, the, the most frequent answer is I'm an insurance salesman. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's the only thing. And it's actually very rare that I get to t ask people that and that they'll tell me. But insurance salesman seems to be really big. Lawyer is really big. Mostly male, mostly white, yeah. uh, mostly. Uh, well, it's a it's an expensive right thing to encounter. It's two hundred dollars an hour at my club. So you know you you're not going to be working at McDonald's. You, you know that's like two paychecks. Hey, but you know <laughs> you're, you're, you're not going to get evicted. The guy's <laughs> a cuticle smell like onions. He's wearing a paper hat, and you know he's committed because that's uh, six months of work uh, just no, to get kicked th around. And there's those people that really save up that long to come. Oh. also. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine. I've had people who saved up their um, their their. Uh, this is my bar mitzvah money. Like wages. <laughs> oh, that like. is. Oh, yeah. You should all be sent to prison for that. My hard-earned tax dollar going to some guy so he can take a whooping with a cat of nine tails. And uh, and 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 what about then, the sexual aspect uh, of it? Because there is. It's not a brothel. No. It's I mean, there's a, no it's sex a going on. Experience, but there's no sexual. With no orgasm. Sometimes that can happen. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like at a at a strip club. If if a guy jerks off and comes, then right. um, that's allowed. It is? Totally. Really? We've got to move to New York. This uh, is the, no, this is, the, this is legality in California, too. But if they ask if they can do it, they're not allowed to do it. Uh, so it's okay. like, uh, it's I, like 
no asking, you know, if you if you ask yeah. for permission, then you're going to be told uh, no. All right, but listen, because if I if I go like, to a strip club and I get a uh, I get a uh, table dance or something, and I just drop my pants and begin uh, you masturbating, can, you can be thrown out. I'll be escorted out. If you're not noticed, or if it's like casual. So for two hundred bucks an hour, uh, and uh, you know, not, you'll, you'll turn a blind be, eye to a guy. Man. You're not going to be encouraged to do it. All right, and so, so you're, you're really going to have to get past a certain. Point. Do they have so if they don't masturbate uh, during the actual session? Is there uh, then some sort of uh, uh, whack we, closet or something they get to uh, pay a visit to uh, before they hit the streets? Because yeah, the called. guy, the guy's pe pretty pent up they're after called. an hour of fantasy. They their, their car? car? Oh, for their, the, two hundred bucks an hour, you get kicked their, in the ass, you whack off in a station wagon. This is uh, this is the worst deal the I've ever heard. And they get to drive home to their wives or their girlfriends. No, but you and then they have great sex. But somewhere in this it's movie, all built up. it's like two hours of foreplay. They go home to their wife, and God, just imagine what could happen. No, 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 no. I, I reject that totally. Because Nick, in the movie, the, you talked about, or there was a scene where somebody mentioned. Uh, a person sort of relieving themselves right, right. Uh, before they ha yeah. hit the streets. Yeah. Uh, I, th I mean, I think that was... Where would they relieve themselves is, I guess, what I'm trying to get I to. I didn't really get heavily into the dynamics of it. I never knew I'd be answering quite such specific questions, but... Uh, <laughs> what do you I, I think just, this just was? Uh, I, think, I, think generally, I mean, they were, I, Well, thank yeah. goodness we're not being filmed. I mean, there seemed to be an abundance of rubbers all over the place, so I assumed yeah, that that was the reason. Yeah, there seem to be there, there, there. but I, that has to do with dildos, and that's an Oh, you put, you put a condom on a dildo? On a dildo to keep it sterile, because there's deep no way water to sterilize right. dildos. Right. But that's not something that we really take care of at my place. But th in New York, there's some heavier things that go on. I mean, I was very shocked. When I first went there, I was working on my own for uh, a year and a half, and I, got, I kept getting these calls for fisting. Oh. And I never got any of these calls in L.A., but I, as soon as I arrived in New York, that's all I got. And I was like, what the, what's going on? So there's some differences in the scene between uh, L.A. and New York. Who, are you fisting guys, I, I'm guessing? Well, I don't think, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, you can, yeah, you can exactly. fist a raccoon if you have to. I yeah, mean, but it, I mean, that's, that's not something that I do or would ever do. Oh, you do, wouldn't do but it. But okay. it, was, it was perplexing to go there and have that be asked after being in the scene for three years in L.A. and never having been asked that question. And uh, then my first... <laughs> <laughs> we rarely, uh, Engineer Mike asked me for fisting like my third day uh, on the job. I, ma I made it abundantly clear that that's not uh, the direction I wanted our relationship to head in, and he's backed uh, way off, and I compromised with a quick reach around. But uh, fisting in the workplace is uh, usually something we frown upon. But he must have uh, snuffed you in some way, because you certainly complain a lot about the uh, technical quality uh, of the studio. Uh, he knows I don't blame him. He just is the representation of uh, the Westwood One uh, management. All right, we have to go to break. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll take some more calls. We'll talk more about the documentary, and uh, um, we'll um, uh, Catherine will uh, regale you with uh, more uh, fisting uh, <laughs> oh, anecdotes no. after this. We've gotten over the worst. <laughs> Meanwhile, as the faceless. Hey, Doctor Drew. Yeah, Mike. I pretty much. Uh, look, I never bought anything online in my life until I met my wife. Oh, and, seriously? Uh, now all I do is go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. And if you want to support somebody that has an affiliate relationship with with Amazon, you go to their website, you click through the Amazon banner, and at zero cost to you, Amazon shares some of the purchase price with the affiliate. Why are for, you being so nice about it and saying somebody with an affiliate relationship? You're right, Mike. 
I should be more specific. Forget an affiliate, some vague affiliate. Let's go to Podcast One where you can find the Loveline podcast, the Loveline page. Bookmark that page and just click through on the Amazon banner located at the top of the homepage. You can even use the Amazon banner if you're in Canada or the UK. It makes it easy for all future purchases. Again, it is podcastone.com. Click on the Keep It Free banner to support Amazon and all the wonderful sponsors that make the show possible. We got to turn snacking to an F and so- <laughs> Nice. Get that out, engineer, Mike. <laughs> Can I swear now? All right. Uh, one of my rare uh, radio faux pas, uh, using the F word. Ow! Which, um, <laughs> I don't know uh, what they allow on the BBC, but uh, here uh, stateside, uh, they frown on the F word. Uh, I got a little excited and uh, slid into uh, <laughs> my locker room voice. Uh, but that's all right. Uh, engineer Mike, did you get that out or, or not? Oh, you didn't. All right. So I uh, did D- did use the F word on the radio. All right, Mistress Catherine is here, as well as uh, Nick Broomfield. Uh, Nick uh, does uh, documentaries uh, predominantly, but he, he does do uh, some uh, feature work as well. And uh, this is uh, one of many. He's done the he did the uh, Hollywood Madam, the Heidi Flies documentary, and was in here. I guess it was about a year and change right. ago, maybe a fourteen months or something like that. And uh, Mistress Catherine worked at Pandora's Box, uh, which is uh, in New York, a big upscale uh, uh, fetish place, and uh, is now since uh, come out to Los Angeles and uh, opened her own fetish place called uh, the Velvet Underground. Hey, my mind still works. This is absolutely amazing. It's impressive. All right. <laughs> the whole strung together sentence. It's, uh, it's, uh, let's all take a moment and pause here. For <laughs> you, you all notice he's wearing headphones. They're feeding me the information. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, true, please. Yeah, feeding me up. All right. Uh, all right, let's take some phone calls, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make um, fetish a, a bit of a working theme here tonight because it is something that people are interested in, and it's something that's come up a lot, and we don't have all the answers. Uh, Katie, 15. Hi. Hey. Um, okay, here's my question. I got this guy in my class, and he's, like, obsessed with feet. I heard someone say foot fetish, and I was wondering about it. I mean, he's, like, the girl that's at the back of him, he's touched her feet before, and he's touched my feet. And Maybe that's all he can get to. <laughs> Seriously, um, he'll sit there and stare at our feet during class, and there's nothing we can do about it. Do you know why you would do something like this? Has he admitted that he has a foot no, fetish? he hasn't said one word to us. He's one of those weird guys. He just is real quiet, and he sits in the class and stares at our feet. Hmm. How much uh, foot traffic has uh, come through? Uh... It's, it's, a, it's a very difficult fetish to discover because there's a lot of reasons why. What um, is the typical scenario when a guy has a foot fetish and would come to you? Oh, they want to just kiss, massage your feet. It's the most difficult session. To but do they don't want to role play? Beca- they w- sometimes trampling or something like that, like you're walking on them. Right. And jumping on them, those types of things. But mostly kissing and massaging. So you're getting paid $200 an hour to be massaged and, and your feet rubbed, and it's wonderful. As the uh, antithesis of radio, which uh, you get paid uh, 40 cents uh, an hour <laughs> uh, to get abused. But, but Catherine said something very interesting here, and this is I, I agree that, that this is... a. Uh, the fetishes tend to be affect attached to early experiences yeah. with mother that are in, that are overwhelming, and they become focused onto these little symbols and these little experiences. And then, when a child then becomes uh, adolescent, 
reaches puberty, it, it's it sexualizes these symbols, and they and you still they kill still can't break through and experience the affect attached to it, and it's kind of a way of defending against the affect. Mm-hmm. But it can also be a very effective. Well, it's, it allows them to experience their sexuality without fear of having some overwhelming feelings. But, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, another thing that can happen is that their first sexual thought might happen along with something that might not normally be thought of as sexual. Like one of the, one of the people that I see, his, his foot fetish developed when um, a cheerleader lifted her, her foot up and put it right across her leg, but it touched her crotch as it went up and he saw her panties. And fireworks went off and therefore the foot fetish. See, so that would give me a panty fetish. Well, but if the foot's like I cut out the middle man. But, that, but again, pres- like, presumably... So that's what he was focused on, right. not necessarily the panty. All right, but these are insane so people. Are, uh, no, they're not insane. I'm, they're totally sane. That is not a sane thought. But again, it's, it's not a it, rational it, thought. It, it, no, it, it is something, just as we've always said on this show, it's something attached to a symbol from the past and it gets triggered in the present by some experience with a peer. Right. Okay. Yeah, it throws back to, as Catherine said, a baby being, you know, a, a very, very tiny infant being, pl- their feet being played with, and it's or a very seeing the mom's thing that happens. feet. Let me uh, ask you this, Catherine. Have uh, moving on from the feet here. Um, this is very emotional, sometimes a cathartic experience. I mean, be, you're, you're, people are coming to you and they're asking, and they're living out uh, not only fantasies, but uh, sometimes uh, there's some baggage coming along, mm-hmm. psychological baggage. Has uh, anyone ever, uh, you know, just, you know, broke down and cried and, and you know, uh, really, uh, or had a breakthrough? Or is there any ever been a time where you yeah. stopped and said, uh, the, you, you need to get some help or we can't go on or that it's sort of thing? It's not stopping and saying that you need to get some help because for somebody to express this is much more healthy than somebody who is not expressing it and holding it inside and being destructive in another manner. So for them to go through and express this in a healthy, consensual way, instead of going and doing something that might right. be right, but that's you know, that's that's most of the that's people. But has there ever been a, a case where uh, somebody got out of control? Well, look at Marla Maples. Was it Marla Maples, or was it her shoes were being collected right. by one of the? And that he he was he was obsessed on her shoes. It was uh, I, I I think it was Marla Maples, uh, but yeah, it, it may Marla, not have been. Yeah, and it was Marla like her, her, and her shoes her her shoes were disappearing by by her like a valet or her accountant or manager or something. Right. And so th- that was him not being able to express it in any way except for in a in a illegal manner. Right. So it m- you might as well be expressing. But, but Adam's it asking, given that it's not a, a therapeutic environment, and, and you're not maybe able or trained to handle people who totally lose it. Do people ever com- become psychotic or violent or self-destructive? Mm, not necessarily. I mean, I've had some people break down and and start talking about what's going on with their lives and so on. But I, I mean, I have I've been the subject of psychological dissertations. You know, I I work with people all the time to help them write their papers and talk to them, and I, I, I think that I'm pretty well educated. Oh, no, obviously. I'm, uh, that's, so, not, that's not so what I'm not I'm No, not and I'm saying, that so, that, so after you deal with people like this for a long time, you start cluing in on what's going on, and you may not know, you know, the, the scholarly words for things, and you may not understand exactly what's going on, but you, you know a lot right. from hands-on All right, experience. so no one's ever gotten so out of control that you couldn't uh, handle I've, it. I've been able to talk people down. Okay, because in, the, in, the, um, in uh, Nick's uh, documentary, there was a... Uh, the most entertaining part of the documentary is where the, uh, the guy came in. Um, uh, coincidentally, the guy looked uh, bad in his underwear. Uh, came <laughs> in to uh, wrestle uh, one of the ladies. I don't believe mm-hmm. that was you. 
No. Uh, no, it was no, another I, one I'm of the ladies that was featured. And and there's a there's a wrestling fetish. And, and but wrestling women. Uh, by the way, the fetishing has to be done with a woman uh, for the most part for uh, heterosexual guys. Uh, I know I get calls from masters too from heterosexual men. Masters? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Meaning they want to be dominated by a master. Oh, so really? It's not, it's not only that it's more rare, but it's not just. Mm, yes, uh, but give me five minutes okay. to, to get the, uh, no, no, not with you. I just mean, um, <laughs> I, I would get those guys to admit they're at least by uh, in, in about three or four minutes. A any guy wants to be dominated by another guy while he's in his underwear. Uh, believe me, there's a strong gay theme going on there. I could get to it. They may claim to be heterosexual. They may be married. Uh, they may have a family. Uh, Nick's smiling because he knows I'm right. There, there is, uh, there is a gay theme uh, running, running through uh, this life. But the, there was a wrestling scene that went on, mm -hmm. and a guy came in. He wanted to wrestle with a woman, and they started wrestling. Obviously, you can't go at it. The guy was 225 pounds. Uh, the woman's uh, 125 pounds. Oh yeah, right. <clears throat> Like, try 150, 160. Oh, well, you know. She was huge. She's over six feet tall. Camera sheds to 40 pounds. <laughs> well, here's, I didn't know. I, look, she, she wasn't standing uh, next to uh, something that was calibrated. Uh, she, she seemed uh, slender to me, and I didn't know that she was uh, six foot tall. She looked like an average size woman. But the point is, is the guy could have taken her if the guy uh, wanted to come out and actually wrestle full full-blown, but the rules of the game is you get to wrestle a woman, but you don't try to take her head off. Uh, you wrestle around, and you let her pin you and, uh, and do that kind of thing. Well, this guy got a little out of control, and an uh, argument broke out, and he, st he stormed off and left, and the funniest thing is, is I, I can't remember uh, verbatim uh, what he said, but as he walked away in disgust uh, in his underwear, and it's always uh, that much funnier when guys are in their underwear and disgusted, when you have that sort of uh, righteous indignation, but you're in your underwear... He walked away and he goes, I came here to wrestle and uh, not have an argument. Not cat fight. <laughs> no, not to be not, abused. Not, not to be, be abused. Oh, I came here to wrestle, right. not be abused. He was disgusted and he left. Part, part of the problem with that session, it's like a Monty Python. I, I was almost beaten up for that session because I set it up. Oh, you did? Yeah, and it was somebody who called me for a long time for wrestling, and I don't wrestle because I weigh about 110 pounds, so I could never, like, do that. And he wanted competitive wrestling and she didn't talk about the session with him beforehand and set up right. any boundaries or any rules. He wanted like collegiate and, style yeah, wrestling exactly. this guy. And, and that's like what she didn't want to do. So when you set up a session, you set up the boundaries and you set up the rules. Right. And if they don't go by the rules, you go, that's it. All right. When, so uh, he got very physical with her and actually hit her in the eye. It was very bad. Mm -hmm. So she started yeah, she was real back in the too. way that she could, which was grabbing him really hard. I, I tell you, I, honestly, I came so, this close to masturbating during that scene. <laughs> Uh, and that was uh, that was it. And yet he's not a fetishist or into this at all, is he? No, it's just no. I can't go an hour without masturbating <laughs> when I'm watching. Uh, it's like uh, when that uh, VCR kicks on, it's like uh, uh, I'm like a Pavlov dog. Uh, I hear the VCR crank up and I have to masturbate. I could be watching a Schindler's List uh, 20 minutes into it. I go for the groin uh, because the VCR does not go on in my bedroom without the hand going down to the junk. Uh, so, you know, it'd been 45 minutes at that point. All right. Uh, we're late for a break. Uh, we'll be back with more fetish talk after this. Hey, the voices are trying to throw me off while they're while I'm trying to concentrate on this. Blinds galore, baby. Cool your home, man. You want to talk about? It. I know it's getting hot. It's hot where we are. It's hot where you are. I'm sure. Hot right here. It's hot right here. Oh, yeah, turn the air down a little. Anyway, 
it, the, the sun just blasting through. I mean, think about how hot your car gets. Think how much cooler your car would be if you parked it out in the sun if it had blinds all the way around. Well, that's the same thing with your house. And then also everything gets bleached out. The fabric gets bleached out. The You get bleached out. The carpet gets bleached out. Blindsgalore.com. Quality, custom-built blinds and shades made just for you. We use them here. Use them there. And it's the kind of thing you get once and you use it for the next 25 years. So let's get going. Free samples, free shipping, free design advice. And uh, real easy. And you save money over the big box stores. Blinds Galore. They really do have Blinds Galore. Go to BlindsGalore.com. Let them know I sent you. Let them know that uh, they are proud sponsors and that you heard it here. BlindsGalore.com. All right. The biographer and uh, Mistress Catherine, uh, who's uh, the subject, or one of the subjects in uh, Nick's uh, latest um, Biography fetishes, and uh, he did the Heidi Fleiss one, and uh, many, many, uh, many other ones. But uh, we'll be back to talk more about that in ten seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station ninety-eight KUPD Tempe, Phoenix. Uh, talking about fetishes tonight, uh, phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. This is Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. That is uh, Dr. Drew. Sneaker pimps uh, tomorrow night. Margaret Cho the next night. Tom Arnold uh, after that. Uh, the following week, Stephen Baldwin, Tyra Banks, and uh, I should say Banks, and uh, Prodigy, uh, perhaps. Uh, Anne is uh, going to have to look into that. There's a question mark there. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Nick, uh, I saw the uh, documentary uh, which uh, Nick uh, crafted. Uh, uh, all right, I just want to get a little nasty for one second here. I, I know uh, you're, what? you're nasty. What, what have you been doing for the last 20 minutes? <laughs> I've been containing myself. Oh. Uh, first off, uh, Nick, I'm, I was appalled that there was no uh, large breast uh, fetish uh, section. Uh, in the movie. Well, there's some large breasts in the film. I, I don't know. I thought you could bring your own fetish to them. Are you saying uh, the scene where the two women are doing the... Um, the, the nipple clamp. The nipple clamping. She some pretty big breasts. Yeah. That was... Uh, well, they weren't big enough for you? Uh, I don't know uh, what you guys uh, do over there in England for uh, large <laughs> breasts, but uh, this is America. This is home of the uh, right. large breasts. Right. Uh, that's uh, what is what is if a heaping breast. They were a respectable breast. size, I would have thought. Yes, they're a nice size, but certainly uh, not enough to fill the cup of a breast fetish man uh, like myself. Not to contradict you, but I think when a fetish, uh, the definition of fetish is something that wouldn't normally be considered sexual. Mm-hmm. So large breasts in America are, are overwhelmingly considered sexual, so that wouldn't necessarily be a It's just with the, the distorted, uh, bizarre size that Adam is into, most people oh, like would the, consider... Oh, like the, the, one, the, the, the yeah. Yeah. novelty. Yes, yeah, novelty. Tell us the about it. The fake ones. Right. So he's actually got a more of a... Fetish. Of a, a, a fetish saline fetish. A saline fetish, <laughs> yes. Right, call it what you may. Uh, <laughs> I, I still am clinging to my uh, fetish status. <laughs> All right. Uh, it was delivered to you by, uh, what's his name, from Hustler. 
Oh, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> what do we can't think of? Larry Flynn. Larry Flynn. Yes, Larry Flynn Anointed came in here. Uh, he also publishes uh, Busty. And, uh, and uh, bro- uh, pardon me? His, chair, his gold-plated chair got in here. Uh, we had to saw a hole in the, uh, in the side of the wall and uh, cart him through. But he was sitting here in this gold-plated uh, wheelchair. And uh, he also... And the thing about Larry Flynn that's funny is people know him from publishing Hustler. He also publishes, uh, like... Um, Yachting magazines, uh, computer magazines, yeah. and uh, Busty, and that's where we stopped. I don't know what else he fetish he 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 uh, publishes, but uh, he got me a subscription to that, and I've been enjoying it ever that's since. Sweet. Yes, and if uh, if you guys have any uh, sexual freebies you'd like to send my way, I would uh, <laughs> I would relish those. Barbara, thirty-one. Hi, um, I'm calling. Uh, I've been involved with the guy for several years and um about a couple years ago i initiated um some bondage and whipping and basically s&m stuff and we've been doing it for two years and i'm at a point now where it's i regular normal sex just doesn't do anything for me and we've um we're not in a committed relationship, so I know this is not going to last forever with him. And my concern is I'm a very sexual person, and how do I start this in a new relationship? Mm-hmm. I think it's much easier for women to start it because if a man comes up to their, their girlfriend and says, Oh, honey, can you spank me? That's politically incorrect. So for a woman to definitely go first is, is men, men aren't as kinky as women, but they're much more open to starting something. Like women tend to be shy when they're starting out. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, you're experimenting, but it's sexually. And the point is, it's just as long as uh, whatever it is is followed by the word sexually, uh, guys uh, oftentimes <laughs> yes. are, are into it. It's like, uh, it, it's like, all right, uh, here's your main ingredients, uh, beer, uh, pizza, and jerky. Uh, do what you need to. Uh, how, how far, how, how far off the mark can you be? I mean, how, how bad an experience could it be? There's, there's sex. You may get a little, your tan hide, uh, your, uh, sorry, uh, hide tanned a little bit, but, uh, most guys, I think, would go along with it. But then again, if it's not their cup of tea, they're yeah. not going to stick with it. I mean, I get so many requests from people just trying to find women who would who would do things to them and who would, they would be able to do things to each other that it's so easy when a woman's looking for it. When a man's looking for it, it's, it's a totally different, very difficult, but... Go to the go to the nightclubs. L- let me ask you this, uh, yeah. as far as your experience goes, uh, do you think um, is part of it having a, a new partner or a different partner? I mean, could a married couple uh, be going on for twenty years? doing the S&M thing without it getting sort of stale? I mean, isn't there a certain well, mystery well, and intrigue I, and danger to uh, having someone else do it? No. Can you go through a, a married life for 20 years and have normal sex? No. I mean, that's my point. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm yeah, basing so it on. If you add all these I'm looking extra, at my partner, you, Drew, you, over here. <laughs> yeah, you're such a cute couple. <laughs> if you add all these extra things in, in, into it, it just adds like a few more different... But, but what I'm saying is, is uh, when the guys, at least from watching the video, when they went in, it seemed like, uh, I don't know, that part of the allure was the fact that they didn't see the woman wearing her house coat uh, with curlers uh, frying up uh, hash uh, that morning. That it was, uh, it was a stranger 
and it was a strange place. That's definitely some of the people. It's not all of the people, but it, it's some of them that that is part of it. We have a lot of married couples, and a lot of married couples that the woman sent their husband there because they don't want to deal with it. Really? Yeah. So they're like, okay, you know, I can handle you doing this, but I don't want to take part. So you know, you. And they know off. it's not going to be uh, that. There's not going to be exchange of fluids or crabs yeah, like or uh, something safe, like that. It's a safe environment. It's a very clean environment, and it's a non-threatening, non-sexual relationship. Like their relationship might be that, that vanilla sex. Right. So that other part doesn't threaten them. Right. Hmm. I'm trying to think what my sex is. Uh, uh, I have sort of a Sherbert uh, uh, Neapolitan. That, that rainbow Sherbert kind of <laughs> Yeah, thing. it's kind of white, uh, trash, uh, boring, uh, get it at thrifties uh, kind of sex. Tom's, Tom, you're 60. Yes. Oh, my God. You, you, uh, if you could combine uh, the ages of our callers for the last six weeks, it would not add up to 60, Tom. All right, uh, talk fast uh, before I, uh, the stroke sets in. <laughs> I'm, I'm really actually calling about a friend of mine who is in his early 50s, and he's a very kickback person, and he was uh, getting uh, oral sex, and the person doing it was using a derivative of amonitrate, and I guess it was called locker room. Right, and the process sniff of, that. Yeah, in the process of it, some dropped on his genitals. And uh, by the second day... This out, is a gay relationship, right? I'm not sure. I, oh, yeah, I, I of course. There's no woman it. takes a shot of Amel and it goes down <laughs> on a guy. This is gay. Please. But anyway, uh, his, his genitals swelled up uh, to twice the size, drained and drained and drained, and um, still doing it. This isn't going to the third week. Is there a burn there? There's a burn there. It's like a burn, and uh, as I say, it's swelled up twice the He's size. got this. Did he say drained? Draining. Draining. It's a Yeah, I I agree with you. I've never heard of amyl nitrate doing no. anything like that. I mean, why? You know, you have to ask yourself. First of all, did something else? Uh, injure him some other some other source of a burn or or a bite or God knows what. No, this is the it's second time that it's happened, and uh, when we were going to be going away on a trip, and he was suffering, he was packing uh, uh, towels and everything in his crotch, and I said, you know, and that's when he told me, and he said, you know, this was the second time that it's happened. It happened. Well, I, let's put it this way: I, I I have dealt with a lot of people who use amyl nitrate. I've never heard of anything like this. And this was just and I, I've never even heard of it dropping. Yeah, no, well, I mean they, uh, because it evaporates. Down, so it's a Right, it evaporates immediately. It, it, it would never be able to burn because it, exactly, it's gone like that. Exactly. Well, this is a locker room. It's a it's a liquid in a bottle. Yeah, but it, it it's a vapor that they inhale. Uh-huh. And so so then you have to wonder, could this be a sexually transmitted disease? Uh, but doesn't it come in a liquid form that you then inhale the vapor? It's a liquid, but it's like rubbing alcohol. It, it evaporates so quickly that it's... But what, you could what, dump what, rubbing, rubbing alcohol, alcohol on yourself. But rubbing alcohol will, will miss so much of your skin when you put it on because it evaporates so quickly. That's it, why it's it not drop good to on clean it did blood drop. or anything like that. Uh, it did drop on it. It did drop on him, and okay. it, then it uh, burned, and he's gone through so much hell in the last three uh, weeks. All right, whatever. Look, you, he has to see a doctor immediately. What was the draining part? The draining part it's a was wound. water, just water pouring off the test. It's not water. That's not water, yeah. okay? You've got to see a doctor immediately. You're, you're very confused about what you're dealing with here. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an infected wound. Whether Maybe has dementia, Drew. Yeah, whether it is a sexually transmitted disease or a burn or something, God knows what else. It is infected. It probably has a cellulitis. And the only way I can get through to people like this is I talk to them about the flesh-eating bacteria. Somehow the press got through to the public about the flesh-eating bacteria. Well, guess what? That's a good way to get that bacteria. It can rip through your, your pelvic area and your legs, and it can be a big mess. All right. Uh, 
Catherine, what are you, what are you so enamored with on the screen? I'm, I'm looking at all these questions. All right, I well, want, the, okay. what do you want? I want that one. All right, what is it? Uh, all requests uh, dominatrix <laughs> night here on Loveline? All right, you want uh, number, number five, five? You want Lubia? Yeah. Just because uh, the She's word lube is in her name? Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. All right. And uh, that had to be a gay relationship. I know, uh, Catherine, you disagree with me. But I want you to think about the no, logic. Wait, wait. It doesn't necessarily have to be gay. I don't think. Nah, but this was. But, but, uh, I, th I think that when 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 somebody does something, it doesn't have to be gay. Uh, right, but partners. usually when a guy's giving you a blowjob, I'd say that. Uh, yeah, but that could be something that they're exploring. It doesn't mean that that's their end result. Uh, yes, but for the time, it's gay, wouldn't you say? Hey, Tom. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I would. I'm not questioning uh, him. I'm just. He was just telling me. Yeah, it's all. Right. It's all about the third person. It was. It, it was someone that he it's didn't like want to talk about. Up. That's right. We didn't want to talk about. It. He just wanted. But the results were obviously there. Right. But talk. your friend is gay, isn't he? No, he's not. I mean, if oh, he, he is, is, he doesn't show it and he doesn't act it. So I don't know. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> Look, how, how could somebody be snorting amyl nitrate and drip it onto somebody oh. else's genitalia? Explain that to me. Well, I, their, nose, their nose is that close, Drew. They're on their knees. But they're, 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 they're snorting it. They're on their knees. What's what in front do. of them? That's not what people do, though. All right, all right. All right, listen. Uh, we'll never, the world may never know. It's all about amyl nitrate. So oh, he, he used to deal the stuff in high school. <laughs> Are you kidding? Well, I've done deal with a lot of addicts, and I, and I, I know what they well, do. Sure, they're clients. L Lubia. Um, yeah? You're 17. Yeah, it's Nubia. Nubia? Yeah. Oh, like a, like a Nubian... Uh, Princess? Yeah. Okay. I have two questions. The first one. My friends and I were talking at school today, and one of them asked me, do, what do you think about a girl that gets implants? Do you think that she has the same, the same feeling as in pleasure or when they have them as when they don't? Or Are you talking about breast implants? Yeah. Uh, no, it's a, there's some lo loss of sensitivity. Uh, I know sometimes. a lot of women who've lost a, um, all their sensitivity yeah. to their nipples, which is very yeah. serious because some of that is is directly yeah, related to other parts of their bodies. Really? And I think but a way, small price I, I to pay. I also think huh? that that's 17 is like way, way, way too young. Know. Well, not that high, but you can have those, like, I'm awful. Listen, plans. I don't uh, beat uh, businessmen's asses for a living. Please. <laughs> I sit here hey. and do a respectable radio show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very respectable. Parents are very, well, they're yeah, not proud. I think 17 <laughs> is really young to even be thinking about that because you're not even comfortable with your bodies yet. Like, get to a point where, right. where you're at a certain level with, with, the, your, with the world. I, and I, then and then think from there. I agree, but there's a window. Uh, it's somewhere between you being comfortable and you not caring uh, anymore. Yeah. That's when you get the implant. The biggest the biggest complaint that I've heard about implants is it feels like somebody else is between you and the person you're with. Which is which there's you could make an argument for. I think that's well. like right there that, that there's no feeling to. There's nothing. It's just oh, really like this pillow in between the two people. Oh, what women go through. Uh, Nubia. Uh, yeah. so I'm not saying just women. I'm saying men too. That they're not that close to the person they're with. Oh. <laughs> well, I was just curious. They, I believe me. Don't worry about the guys. Uh, they're fine <laughs> with the breast implant. Uh, no. uh, they'll switch another position if it becomes a problem. Uh, Nubia. Yeah. Uh, so you're not considering this. This no, is I'm just, just a hypothetical discussion. I'm just curious. Right. We used to have those discussions, but it was like, uh, who could kick whose ass? A Superman or Aquaman? Uh, now it's like. Uh, uh, if, if I got a syringe and it's uh, it's filled with heroin and uh, I share it with uh, another buddy, but uh, his girlfriend had implants, it's a very scary society we're living in now. 
Nick, you want to move back to England, or is it just as bad there? Um, I think I think it is actually pretty bad there. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Same. Well, I think in the north of England, yeah, particularly you know, it, w there's like high unemployment and stuff. There are whole cities that have an incredible like heroin problem and drug problem, and all the rest of it. It's funny. It's like the the more unemployment there is in a section, and the more expensive the uh, lifestyle gets. Uh, hookers, uh, drugs, uh, <laughs> ammunition, uh, guns, uh, big cars. <laughs> hey, Steve. Yes. You're 25. Hey, hey, you guys deserve a good studio. I mean, what the heck? Thank you, Steve. How many people do you help, and they don't give you good equipment? How many? All right. Uh, ask your question, Steve. Uh, anyway. Uh, leave the commentary to me. Blah, blah. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, uh, Adam, sometimes, man, you got to just let Dr. Drew do his job. Uh, I'd like to, but uh, he just kills the ratings. Yeah, and then other times, just like it, he has to let you do your job, which is be funny. All right. Later. Hold on, Steve. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me grab a pen here. Uh, oh, Steve. Oh, they, they, they had the key. And, uh, he had a question for me. Hey, he hung up. He didn't want to talk. Engineer Mike, did you get that on tape? Um, because I'm going to go back and uh, relive that. Uh, let me get this straight. Uh, Drew has to do his job. And you have to do your job. You got it? Uh, sheer genius. Uh, Nick, how about, a, do, how about doing a documentary on us? We're very uh, popular national uh, radio and TV stars. We... <laughs> Shut up, let me sell idea. this, would you, Drew? Uh, you do all these uh, oddball, uh, not, not this one, but uh, you, 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 hell, you'll do one on anything. Well, There's some sort in, of like a potato strike going on in Idaho, and you're there with a film crew. Why not do something about uh, a topic that people care about, like ourselves? I think I think we should do it. I think we. I'm sure you could get a big budget and. Well, you'd have to drum up the backers oh. uh, financially, Nick. But that's your forte. It shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, there's people oh, who, who who would be involved yeah, with this. And you could supervise the proceedings. Well, I did in the last film. <laughs> All right, listen, I don't want to turn this into mockery, Nick. Uh, I'm giving you an opportunity here. Well, I think we, uh, if, if you two were perfectly open about your interpersonal relationships and so on, I think it could be fun to do. I think we should at least do like some sort of short or something that we could uh, uh, bring to It would be, actually. 30, 40 seconds? <laughs> don't, don't sass off. <laughs> uh, shut her mic off, Engineer Mike. I want to talk to Nick about business. We could go to uh, Cannes uh, next year. We could... Uh, <laughs> well, why the, not? You could do the Gay and Lesbian Film Fest and talk about your relationship. Is her mic on still? No. Well, who's that other talk show guy who's done well uh, with the long hair? Uh, Sorry. Howard, Howard Stern. Stern, yes. I mean, if he can do it, I'm sure you too Yes, can. he had a full-fledged, uh, big-budget movie with uh, celebrities and everything. And we're just asking for uh, black and white. Well, we could start small and then walk up to that. All right. Uh, seriously, give it some consideration, Nick, because I, I, I think you'd have a hit on your hands. And instead of all this uh, bizarre uh, fetish stuff, you get onto a topic that people can really latch on to. Christina, 28. Hey, everybody. Hey. This question is actually for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Drew, mm -hmm. I'm so pissed off because um, this uh, guy I'm dating came over tonight and we had sex for the first time. And um, when he was leaving or after he left, I picked up, I was tidying up after him. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the condom he had chosen was um, a sheepskin rather than a latex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I actually had latex with spermicide upstairs. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I just am really worried about <clears throat> uh, 
transmission of disease, etc. Right. Did he pick the condom? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, he you know he came over and he said he had you know stocked up and blah blah blah. So I just assumed that he had uh, chosen appropriately, but I was wrong. An interesting story. I mean, people can't be too careful. I mean, they, I mean, they have to know that their partner is educated enough on these issues to be able to choose the appropriate type of condom. I mean, polyurethane would have been okay. All right, but let's talk no, about I efficacy know, know here, Drew. Uh, the, what the, kind of barrier does uh, the uh, sheep gut uh, provide? Is good for contraception, so you're not likely to get pregnant. At least, no more likely than any other kind of condom. That it is good for other sexually transmitted diseases except viruses. So, things but, like hepatitis C. Hepatitis but is it the B. same as not using a condom for a virus? No, no. no. Because there's a lot of stuff in the semen, right? Right. right. All and, right. And so you're probably okay. I'm certain you wouldn't want to make a habit of this. And you don't. Do you know this guy very well? Um, he's somebody that I would definitely practice safe sex with. Although I don't think he's um, necessarily uh, promiscuous. Yeah, that's sort of a break in your technique. Let's I say. I think that he just offered to use a condom is better than none at all. Well, I, I mean, insisted. He, he may not know. It's even the wrong type, exactly. You but insisted? Yes, I insisted. And that's what he came up with. Yeah. Uh, for all uh, you know, he could have just brought a soiled condom uh, with no. him and dropped well, it. No, uh, it had a wrapper. Uh, I've done this. I bring it, I p cut a hole in my trouser uh -uh. Uh, pocket, and I shake my leg. It falls uh, right out the uh, right past my sock onto the floor, past the loafer. I'll leave a trail of them uh, to the door just so the woman believes uh, that I've used condoms. Dr. Drew? Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm listening. That's the kind of thing you could edit out exactly. if we did a documentary, Nick. Hey, uh, it, not, it, it, they're not all gems, you understand? Christina? Dr. Drew. I'm here. Um, he also used KY jelly because you know how some guys over 35 have kind of trouble orgasm, reaching orgasm in a condom. And um, so anyway, my concern is would, would that have weakened it more? No. No. Because it's a water-soluble thing. Yeah, right. the oils, you definitely want to no. get. So the KY jelly was okay, but it weakened the even no. more. No, and, and there's, I assume, nothing I can do to have, like, countered anything. Not at this point. Uh, Christina, no. you know, you're, you're, um, you're quite an anomaly, because on one hand, you're basically having uh, sex with some strange guy. No, he's not a strange guy. I've gone out with him a couple times. All right, so you, you went on a date and a half. Is one of them during the day? <laughs> Yeah, okay. See, I know. That doesn't count. Uh, him, him, him buying uh, you a smoothie uh, during his lunch break is not a date. You let some strange uh, guy come into your house and have sex with you, and now uh, the concern. He wore a condom. Uh, I'm sure he's fine, and I'm sure you'll be fine. But, I mean, you know, I was trying. I mean, I would... I yeah, no, look, you're... you're uh, no one, yeah, no one blames you, so Christina. Uh, you're not a slut. I keep telling yourself that. I have a question about the, the um, sheepskin condoms because I thought that what carried the HIV was, it's a, it's a fallacy because what carried the HIV through the condom would actually be bigger than the HIV, the, the AIDS virus itself. So that the there there is the debate. Sheepskin condoms still work. There's debate. Well. That's right. There's a possibility that they could uh, they could afford a reasonable barrier, but it's still, uh, it's still yeah, controversial and suggests that people stay with the latex. All right. Poor Christine. I mean, Christine needs to needs to choose her partners more carefully. I think that's the bottom line here. But here's what Christine was doing. Christine did something that she wasn't real comfortable with and didn't feel good about, and sort of uh, wanted your blessing because uh, Drew is uh, he is the uh, sluts pope. Is what Drew is. Uh.
<laughs> you kissed Rose Ring. No, but when you're, well, I mean, when you're a girl, so you, you get absolved. When you're a girl, you yes, Drew's and you've been shiny, naughty shiny, and a little whatever. too naughty to actually see the Pope, uh, you see Drew, and Drew will absolve oh. you of all your sins. It's uh, just self-flagellation. I was about to do that, but I was going to wait till I left the studio. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, say uh, ten hail marys and uh, mop up for Christ's sake, uh, Drew. Choose your partner. More careful. Thank you. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's one for. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk inviting you to download the Eddie Trunk podcast at podcastone.com. Going to have some fun each and every week. Mixed bag of a lot of things. Interviews with some of your favorite artists. Maybe talk to some of the -the behind-the-scenes people. Get into some commentary. Answer some of your email. We'll have some, uh, some good fun, so don't miss it. The Eddie Trunk Podcast every Thursday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. I'm Adam Brohl. That is Dr. Drew. Uh, coming up this week, uh, Sneaker Pimps, Margaret Cho, Tom Arnold. Uh, next week, Stephen Baldwin, uh, Tyra Banks. And, uh, um, and Kara Top, who I know uh, now is just uh, the top. Oh, I thought it was Kara. No. Uh, it was Care for a while, then I realized someone else had been calling him Care, so I called him The Top. Uh, I ran into him at the uh, Playboy Mansion uh, two weeks ago at the uh, unveiling of uh, the Playmate of the Year. Who uh, uh, I hear from producer Ann uh, may be coming in here at some point to talk about uh, what's involved with being the Playmate of the Year. Uh, if uh, tragedy should strike and she should go down, uh, would I have to step up and uh, take over her duties? And, uh, give her a sitcom? Who gets the car? Sitcom. And, uh, okay. <laughs> Drew's doing some comedy tonight. He's very jovial. Look at him. Look at him blushing over there. All right, Mistress uh, Catherine is here. Nick Broomfield as well. Uh, Nick has done a uh, fetish uh, documentary. Uh, Nick has done many documentaries and uh, a couple of features. Uh, Most uh, recently, or I guess notably, on the documentary side, uh, for our listeners at least would be uh, the Heidi Fleiss uh, Madam, Hollywood Madam story uh, that uh, Nick was in here but sort of uh, hovering uh, behind the scenes uh, the last time he was in here. And when Heidi came in, and it's probably good because uh, that way you won't be mentioned in the suit uh, (laughs) that uh, followed uh, shortly after the show when uh, producer Ann sent the L.A. uh, PD tapes of the show. Uh, I really wish you, I had our conversation on on tape, too, but it went something like this. Hey, uh, the LAPD, I just got done sending the LAPD uh, tapes of last night's show. Uh, then to my response was, uh, what the hell are you thinking? Uh, I thought we'd be getting a new house soon after oh, that. Okay. Oh, okay, I, I see. It didn't work right. out the way I thought it Look, as, as long as you had a rational angle for a totally insane thing, I have more respect for you now. Mm-hmm. Because the irony is, is uh, Nick, you couldn't get a tape of this show if you wanted it, uh, but Boy, she messengered uh, that tape over there the next day, and I said, and I, I said it to you too, house. Drew. Drew, I said it to you, and Anna, I, and I said, why do you think the LAPD wants this tape? And you two idiots want. I don't know. I just, uh, just want no, to listen to it. You said, no, you said then. Didn't you hear what I said last night? <laughs> and everyone's like, what? And what happened to Heidi's lawsuit? Is it still going on? Uh, we had to do a, um, uh, what did we have to do, a retraction? Yeah, Yeah, which, uh, Engineer Mike, if you could find that anywhere, where is that? Can you do a quick recreation? Engineer Mike uh, essentially voiced it. 
and it was a uh, it was uh, it went over in detail what I had said about a certain uh, member of the Vice Squad, hmm. who I kn- knew nothing of. But uh, again, it doesn't take much. And um, it was really uh, really the funniest thing that's ever gone out on the air here. Because uh, uh, Mike, do you uh, do you remember any <laughs> yeah. of that? Uh, we're sorry. <laughs> Actually, Daryl Gates is one of the few people who threatened to sue me from that film. Oh, really? Yeah. With no grounds. I mean, he was the only one with no grounds on that film to sue you. Well, he said he hadn't agreed to being filmed picking up the money. Oh, really? Yeah. If you remember, I, he, he was paid $1,000 or something, and we filmed him picking the money up. For what? For his appearance in the film. Uh, <laughs> he's and a he said, I, wasn't, hey, I never agreed to be filmed picking the money up. I'm going to sue you. I said, fine. You know. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's ironic that uh, you paid him to be in the documentary and he's objecting to the part where you pay him. Yeah, At exactly. least uh, being, uh, being exactly. filmed. Hey, have you ever been uh, sued? Have you been sued other times? I, I'm guessing... Oh, a few times. It's, 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 it's sort of uh, dicey work in the sense that... It, here's, here's, uh, here's what I'm trying to say. It's honest that people may when, not want to... When you're sitting, I have done these things. Uh, I'll tell you what I did. And uh, I won't make it too long a story, but uh, uh, the morning show, the Kevin and Bean show out here in uh, Los Angeles on the fabulous K-Rock uh, used to do this thing where they uh, sent uh, one of their guys who ended up suing. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to mention his name, but they used to send this guy out with a bullhorn and a telephone. And they'd send him to uh, horrible places to start yelling obscenities uh, through the bullhorn and reporting back uh, on the air through the telephone. Which, when you're listening to the radio, makes uh, perfect sense, because it has a context. But I went with him <laughs> one time uh, to the hallway of, of, of the um, oh, Arkansas basketball team for the Final Four uh, over uh, in Seattle. And he started yelling, Sue-wee! And uh, we need all you big, fat, corn-fed, white, honky, trash asses. To haul. It, it was uh, 645 in the morning, the day, day of the big game. Oh. Get your asses out here in the hall. I'm going to give you a shot of deliverance and blah, blah. Now, when you're listening to the radio, it's great. But when you're standing there, uh, the people that come out aren't listening to the radio. Oh. All they see is a black dude with a bullhorn and a scared white guy uh, <laughs> holding the fire door open going, let's get the hell out of here. And it's really scary. Oh so you didn't God. have any security with you? No. Are you kidding? The security was the ones who were coming, uh, were part of the people coming after us. And then the cops showed up and they detained us and, and everything else. But the, the point is, is when you're doing a documentary, when you're watching it at home, there's a context. You say, okay, this is a documentary, there's a camera. But when you're there, it's happening. Yeah, it's not quite so pleasant normally. Right, and I could imagine. Have you ever been punched or shot at? or? Um... Actually, normally, funnily enough, they always attack the cameraman first. <laughs> That's brilliant. Who is the least able to move, too. Right. Because he's like, got his eye there. But, yeah, I'm, I did a film a few years ago about the extreme right wing in South Africa. Mm-hmm. It's a neo-Nazi party. And... Yeah, they would always attack the cameraman. In fact, he got knocked out when we started making the film and then got very good at sort of... what He always had an eye open after that. Cindy, uh, if anyone's listening and wants to attack us, uh, please get Drew uh, first. Give me time to run. Uh, Cindy, 31. Cindy? Hi. Oh. Um, my daughter just woke up. All right. Um, okay, I have a question for you. Um, this... My boyfriend and I have been seeing each other for about three and a half years, and we have sex 
normally than a lot of times we have it as in a bondage style. And I know the reasons he's told me that he likes to do it, but I wondered if... What's uh, the reason he says? Excuse me? What is the reason he gives you? Um, because um, he's always been the one who's had to make the first moves, and and um, he's always the one who has to um, be assertive. So this way, um, he feels like um, he likes it when he has no choice, when when he's not in control. Do you understand that? Yes. Okay. Well, I wondered from Mistress Catherine's experience and, and Nick's, what uh, other reasons men are into that? Where they want to be totally bonded to where, um, like, they have no control when they're just dominated. Well, I think that when, when people are in control in a lot of situations, it's nice to have that reversed every once in a while. If you were, if you were constantly the one to instigate sex and constantly the one who, who was the one who was coming up with the ideas for it, every once in a while it would be nice to have those tables reversed. Uh, it's right? a de I think it's a definite responsibility. Yeah, it's uh, like going both ways. If it evens out a little bit, it's, it's fine. If you take it to two extremes too much, it's, what, you know. Isn't it, though, guys who have sort of positions of prominence and, and, and control? Uh, in sex? That, no. No, 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 no. I mean, in their normal life normal that want the relief of being out of control or having someone else I, I in think control. If you had to call the shots all day long to right. come home and have somebody else just like do something to you would be a relief. Right. Yeah, it's like Drew. Uh Drew's funny when he gets home because <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm trying to work that one out. <laughs> but you you always say that it's it's the guys who have been in control all day long, but you got to remember those are the kinds of people that choose those types of careers and and uh, uh you know are are driven to those sorts of uh, jobs and uh, uh, successes. Right. Well, uh, here's one other thing I want to ask is, he tells me a lot of times he gets upset or mad because I don't play the role, I don't play the part right. Yeah. He has a certain scenario in his mind, and I don't mind playing and, and, and having it that style, but um, a lot of times, not so much now as before, he get upset that I am not playing the right role. I'm not That's topping from the bottom. The part, and the and you right. need, what, what I suggest you do is have him right out. That's of topping the, from the bottom? bottom? Yeah, that's being the top from the bottom. He's, 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 he's being dominant from the submissive situation. He's commanding yeah, what yeah, you yeah. And slap him across the face, tell him to cut it out, and tell him to sit there on his knees and write out everything that he wants. <laughs> and write out the whole scenario, because obviously he has something very specific in his head well, that he wants fulfilled. I don't want to cut you off, but uh, I want to do some good radio here. <laughs> for a second. Uh, Cindy, uh, those of you listening at home can guess where, where I'm heading. Okay, thank you. Uh, no, no, it's Cindy. Cindy. Yes. Now, just uh, relax, my child. <laughs> You're very uh, high strung. <laughs> now, we have an expert here. Uh, we, we have uh, Catherine, the mistress, and then uh, with me, you have a pretty strong uh, a guy with a lot of improvisational training. And I think between the two of us, we could probably uh, bring out the uh, dominatrix in anyone, mm -hmm. at least uh, verbally. They understand, Cindy? So, so hang on, and we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll give you some tips, and we'll try some things out. Okay. All right? Uh, have a shot of brandy and relax. <laughs> we'll be back. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Shenanigans. 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 Basic high school orgy type of thing. Yeah, Film Vault. Best time of the year for movies, Brian. It is. We're in it. We are in it. We got you covered. We're seeing them all a lot of times before they come out. We're knee deep, nay, waist deep, nay, neck deep in great movies. Right. What? Why would you say it like, Why? like that? What? 
I'm trying to give a visual approximation of how many movies we are we are in right now. Every week we're covering movies that are in theaters that you should be seeing. We're talking about movies that are streaming. We're talking about movies that are worthy of sending away for. We got you covered. As well as doing a top five every single week. Yeah. So there's a new, old, classic, everything you possibly want out of movies right here on the Film Vault. That's why they call it the Film Vault. Yeah, it's a vault of film. On Podcast Wood. That's O-N-E. Uh, more Love Line with Nick Broomfield, uh, uh, the documentarian, and uh, Catherine, um, Mistress uh, Catherine, who's a uh, documentatrix. And uh, when we left off uh, with Adam Carroll and Dr. Carroll on the show we call Love Line, we're speaking to Cindy. Now, Cindy's, uh, Cindy has a kid, uh, but we're not going to bring that up. Uh, she has a boyfriend of three and a half years. Uh, he likes... Uh, he likes a little uh, role-playing, or a little uh, dominating in the bedroom, except for, uh, as Catherine was saying, he's, uh, what's he doing? He's dealing he's, from the bottom no, or something? Top, he's <laughs> topping from the bottom. We're he's topping to... from the bottom. Right. He's, he's, he... he's telling her what to do when he's in a submissive situation, which is the exact opposite of being submissive, but he's telling her how to be dominant. Right, right. And, uh, which is not allowing her to be dominant, so she couldn't even... Sm- like ease into that role right and as i was uh, thinking when i saw the movie that in order to dominate somebody you have to speak clearly you have to have some command of the language uh, you have to think on your feet to some degree uh really uh most uh, people in radio don't even couldn't even pull this off uh, to tell you the truth and uh, you have to be able to sort of improvise as you go, and uh, because it's it's not all scripted out. There, there's you know the phone rings, and uh, you you know you throw in uh, that's your mama calling, wanting to know what's happened to her son and his pride. You know you throw in something like that, and uh, the guy gets a woody. Uh, you can use that, Catherine. <laughs> She's feverishly writing it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those I'm right there. I'm all right, don't don't give face, me that so. blank, scary look again, please. It's frightening <laughs> coming from you. All right, Cindy, 31. Did you see the look she gave me? No. It's not intentional. It's All right. All right. Well, it's very, it really puts off a host. Cindy? I'm here. All right. So uh, we have uh, two experts here. Uh-huh. And um, we're going to help you. That's right. That's right. All right. So uh, are you ready? I am. Would you like to, uh, Catherine, would you like to start? Why don't you give her a phrase and have her uh, repeat it to me? Why don't we try that? Me give her a phrase? No, no, no. I'm going to give you a phrase. Uh, I can see this is going to be uh, arduous. <laughs> this is going to be difficult. All right. um, I think that, not to get into that, I think that's going to be too difficult. I think she just needs to tell him to get down on his knees when he walks into the house one day. Surprise him. Tell him to get down on his knees. Have a pen and pad ready and have him write out his fantasy completely. So that you know exactly what it is, so there's no question about it, so that he doesn't have the chance to jump in and tell you what to do, because that's exactly what he doesn't want to have happen. He doesn't want to have to tell you what he wants done to him. But gives give Cindy a few uh, a, a few of your like ten dollar phrases. Okay. I, I don't have any ten dollar phrases. They're five dollar. They're two hundred dollar phrases. Yeah, but you give what, away like what, twenty what is, of them over the course of an hour, and that's two hundred bucks. What is what is he looking for? He's looking for. He's looking for me to dominate him. 
Does he want bondage? Does he want cross-dressing? Does he want no, pain? No, he wants bondage. He wants bondage. Yes, and he wants to be totally... So he wants to be really helpless. Exactly. He, he wants to have absolutely no control over the situation. Yes. So for you to allow him to have any control over the situation is just like... He's not. He's not going to get it, well, and, you, and you're and you're not going to have any fun because you're going to feel like you're doing something wrong. Catherine, give me a little verbal beating here, just so Cindy can uh, learn how it's done. I know this is not your uh, the forum that you normal do it in, but just pretend I'm a client. I've come in. Um, I'm 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 feeling extra naughty. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, and just give me. Uh, pretend I just walked in. I was wearing. Uh, let's say I put on forty pounds. I'm t- six shades lighter, and I'm in my underwear. Uh, okay. Um, the first thing I tell somebody is that I'm going to go over the rules mm-hmm. uh, of being in my dungeon. And the first rule is they're not allowed to touch me unless I tell them they can touch me. They're not allowed to touch themselves unless I tell them they can touch themselves. <sighs> Right. Yeah, I'd have to leave and go masturbate <laughs> very quickly and then come back. See, he loves All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Liar. All right, go ahead. Uh, and then they're to refer to me as mistress at all times. Okay. And um, any other rules I come up with along the way. And also um, that I use a code word mercy or mm-hmm. if something becomes too painful or if it's too much for them, then they have like a little bit way out. So you can lessen it a bit so that they don't completely right. freak out. Because after they freak out, it's over. Uh, do you ever have someone forget the code word but start yelling, uh, the code word? No, 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 no. no. Uh, That's definitely something you'd remember. That's see, definite. I would forget mercy halfway into it and start well, yelling, uh, whatever that word was, uh, this is it. So I think... Um, so what? do you, Cindy, do you give them a code word? Yeah, we have a certain word. There's a there's a certain we know when there's when it's gone too far there's a trust between us there's okay. there's a great book called throw away the roses and give me the thorns or something like that that you can go at many different sex shops like the pleasure trust and so on and it really talks about the psychology about role playing about all the uh, all the different things that you can do and not tying safety with not tying because people sometimes can pass out Oh, right. go through things that are, are a little bit more dangerous. Like why are people into that, Mistress Catherine? Why are people into what? Into suffocation. Hey, you speak when you're spoken to, Cindy. <laughs> and, okay. and then stop touching people yourself. People are into suffocation, I think, because it's like the complete lack of control. They can't breathe anymore, and that's the lifeline to... It's just, you, you can't mm. breathe. Yeah. So if somebody's controlling your breathing, they're controlling their ear lungs. Well, uh, also, doesn't it heighten uh, the orgasm yeah. to some uh, degree, Drew? Cruise yeah. into this. The, I'm well, not the not blood not. doesn't circulate through the brain, which is where most of the blood circulates, and so it has the ability to circulate where your body wants it uh, to circulate. All right, so Cindy, real quick before we uh, let you off, uh, g- give me something nasty. Let's see how you are. Oh, give you something nasty? Yes. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. I guess I could just tell you that. Uh, just tell me. Don't uh, give me that. Uh, what you woulda coulda. Come on. I'm this close to dragging you, you by the hair into the, into the den. She needs to stop doubting herself. Yeah, don't doubt yourself. In, in the situation. Come oh, on, Cindy. Yeah, it goes along with everything in life just to have that confidence. Go, baby. But thank you. You've been helpful. Over the radio, I'm more nervous. Uh, all, right, all right, all right, all uh, right. Just, uh, you know, you, you got to learn. I, I, uh, I've gotten a little nasty talk in uh, my days, sexually, and then sometimes, I, uh, once I got confused, uh, I know this sounds like a joke, but uh, the person, <laughs> my girlfriend said, uh, listen, I want you to be nasty, I want you to be cruel, I want you to talk dirty, talk nasty. I said, uh, I hate your mom, I can't stand her. <laughs>
<laughs> and then she started crying, and that was it. If anything, I want to be dominated. All right, Drew, please. Uh, the mic's still hot. Uh, John, 49. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Good. Oh, he's a, here's a client. Let's, let's see if... Is Go this ahead. John number 200? Yes, it is. Ah, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm just listening to the show. <laughs> is your daughter asleep? Yes, she is. Yeah. We had the best session last night. It was so much fun. Really? Yeah. Time. Really? Yeah. He came, he came to... Um, we had a party last night. And it was very surprising to see him there. John 200? John number 200. Mm-hmm. We have a number for each person who walks in the door. Uh-huh. And is there, uh, is, it, is, there, is it work like stock car racing or something where there's a points tally <laughs> at the end of the year and that John has a chance to move up? John, uh, John, John has... a random number. Oh, it's okay. A, it's a random number. It's the number of the sheet that they get filed through. But... Um, John John's a great guy. Oh, he is? Yeah. He's, uh, he's a lot of fun and very appreciative. What do you like, John? Oh, I like bondage. Uh-huh. Do you put the leather mask on and everything? Nah, that's, um... He likes medical sessions yeah, a bit? Yeah, medical's good. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, what what uh, what's, uh, does that entail? Enema? Oh, God, I don't want to scare Dr. Drew. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Are you actually performing surgery? Uh, because he would be PO'd if he found that Not out. Not on me. No. Uh, what do they do? I know they do something. It's great. You get the stethoscope, and you're like, uh, as you take we, medical we, instruments we and you put it in people's ass. Uh, basically, life-saving instruments that end up in everyone's ass. Uh, am I right? Um, we, we've done <laughs> cuttings and suturings. Oh, really? And suturings? Do you uh-huh. hear this, we have, like, we have a striker frame. We have a Ritter operation table. Mm. We have, like, a really, mm. it's, it, it's a really hardcore medical facility. Really? Can you do any dentistry? Because I have, uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to go to the dentist today. You so. need your teeth cleaned, is that right? I need them cleaned, and I, got, I might have a cavity, too. Can you do something like that? 200 bucks an hour, it's more expensive <laughs> than the <laughs> dentist. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, I usually get my underwear when I go to the dentist anyway. And there's usually about three hours that I can't account for. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, so, John, yes. uh, do you wear, uh, now, uh, would he wear like a medical gown? No, 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 he was naked. You're naked? Oh, yeah. And did you get an erection during this uh, procedure, John? He he was well, very, very rigid so. during the entire session. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's very an well. hour rigid. Mm-hmm. No, I was surprised because I've done some other sessions with him, and this one he was... Um, Dude, was you must take that hard. as a compliment. No, it is com- it's very sure. complimentary. If somebody can like stay that hard for an hour long... Actually, part of it is that... Um, uh, Catherine knows me better now. Uh huh. Penises are very honest. Right. <laughs> in which he's doing the right thing. Right. They're erect. Right. So uh, the the penis, as they say, is the window to a man's uh, uh, scrotum. <laughs> is is that how it goes, Drew? All right. The penis doesn't lie, though. No, it doesn't lie. All right. And 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 then did you go masturbate after the session? No, he went into another session. He was a total little slut. He went to go see another mistress. All right. Uh, where, uh, what profession are you in, John? Um, I'm a lawyer. Oh, okay. See, yes, you're, you, 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 you uh, basically uh, sodomize people for a living, <laughs> and now you want a little sodomy. I, I mean, I mean you've been, you know you've been naughty uh, nine to five. Right? No, I, I think he's a good no. lawyer. I don't. I don't think he. I w- I'm not naughty. Naughty nine to five. 
Yeah, but you do like divorce or uh, or some sort of uh, horrible uh, corporate law or something. You don't. You're not out there uh, championing uh, Greenpeace's cause or anything like that. All right. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, I know the, the the type of law he practices. And Drew's uh, strangely silent because he can't stand lawyers, especially lawyers <laughs> who pretend to be doctors, except for uh, they have an erection. Oh, Drew, uh, please have a cup of water. Drew must be going totally insane at this part. Uh, there's nothing that Drew hates more than a lawyer. Now. Now we got a lawyer uh, making a mockery of the medical profession. Uh, this is excellent. But Drew, uh, Drew may masturbate to this in some sort of bizarre fashion tonight. Drew, no, no. He lost. Okay, all right. Uh. No, every doctor who gets into, you know, anybody who gets into a field has an obsession with it, and most doctors, for the pain that they go through to mm -hmm. become a doctor. Become, it has to be some sort of fetishist uh, with that. And really, really. But there's no lawyer uh, fantasy room where they put you in a thing with a no, I think, high I think back that, Naga hide seat and a guy blows smoke that, in your face uh, for an so hour. You go through a lot less schooling to become a lawyer. So, right. So it's like faster money. Right. Ah, ah, easier money and uh, yeah. less pain. All right. Uh, we're going to let uh, Drew uh, recuperate. We'll be back. I began to float up and away from my body. Uh, All right. Uh, out of time. Thank you, uh, Mistress uh, Catherine. And uh, Nick, uh, when were, will this uh, video, uh, where is it? Uh, where can we find it? It's opening at the Sunset 5 this Friday. And uh, nationally? Uh, it's opened in New York and San Francisco, and I think it's opening in different cities across across the states. I'm not sure exactly when, but it's a, I know it's opened already in New York and San Francisco, and it's opening here this Friday at the Sunset Five. It's uh, it's interesting and uh, enlightening if uh, you want a little window into uh, into a world that you probably know nothing about and uh, maybe even uh, didn't know even existed in any sort of legitimate form. Which is, I just figured people just did this uh, when they wanted to, you know, in in their apartments. But it, uh, the, when you see the the video, you'll see that uh, it has a form. It has a there's a place. It's a club. It's official. You sign in. It's not a whole lot different uh, than like going to a, a nice health club. You go there. This concludes another podcastone.com program. Mike, true car is changing car buying forever. Yeah, it's making it true. Well, it's a true car. Helps car buyers get rid of the fear they might overpay. Just in the first six months this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network, and True Car users save an average, average $3,221 off MSRP. That's, that's good money. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three very easy steps. First, Go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And third, it's very simple. Just print out your savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the TrueCar mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.